0: <laughs> so just uh, reminding where we left off, we've been talking in this section a little bit about dua, and I realize that some of the points that Ibn Allah is mentioning are pretty heavy points, um, and so sometimes it's maybe difficult to internalize it uh, up front, and if that's the case, it's no problem, you know, there's no need to try to struggle with some of the concepts, um, It's also it's as important to be practical with things, so what I'll try to do also, hopefully, today is to present some sort of practical points or action items that uh, we can do as it pertains to these various topics. <clears throat> so let's continue. Um, so regarding dua, he continues. لا إلى غيره حاجة هو عليك. فكيف يرفع غيره ما كان من, من لا يستطيع أن يرفع حاجة عن نفسه فكيف يستطيع أن يكون لها من غيره رافعًا. He says, um, appeal to one, to no one but him Appeal, meaning, um, yeah, I mean, we know what appeal means Appeal to no one but him, meaning Allah To relieve you of a pressing need that he, Allah himself, has brought upon you he says, Appeal to no one but Allah to relieve you of a pressing need that He, Allah, has brought upon you. For how can someone else remove what He, Allah, has imposed? And how can he who is unable to free himself of a pressing need free anyone else of one? Look, this is bringing back this general notion of the importance of identifying and appreciating that the true doer in this world, who's responsible. Uh, for everything that comes our way is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every, um, every event that comes toward us, every opportunity that comes toward us, every trial that comes toward us, every ni'mah that comes to us, these are all from Allah and Allah alone. And sometimes it's hard to appreciate this because we see sort of cause effect. You know, if, if, uh, uh, if I'm driving and uh, someone cuts me off in the front, the immediate thing I'm thinking is, what kind of a you know J E R K is this who just came in front of me, and 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 then I become upset about that reaction, rather than recognizing that yes, this person may be that type, but uh, ultimately this happened because Allah Taala allowed it to happen, um, and and similarly you know so many other things that happen in my life. I sometimes see, look at the cause and effect. You know, someone, um, or maybe maybe at work, uh, you know, some situation befalls me. Uh, I immediately think about all of those players in between uh, before thinking that well first and foremost this came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now yes there's other players along the way whether they were acting you know in accordance to good conduct or bad conduct ultimately it is what it is it came from Allah Some sickness befalls me and I try to identify where did it come from. I try to track it down. Was it passed over from this person who carried it to this person? I mean, this all happened like a couple of years ago during the pandemic where like you're trying to like identify like, well, I hopped from him to her, her to him, and then I was at this gathering. No, but he breathed on me after she breathed on him. And it it was really complicated. It's like, hold on for a moment. Let me just take a step back and remind myself that I'm in this situation because this is the situation Allah placed me in. And this is the reason... Uh, the, the Quran mentions uh, that when some difficulty or a trial befalls a person, then they should say, "Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi Right? That I, verily I am Allah's, or I am from Allah, uh, and to Allah Taala I, we will, I will return, or we will return. Now, why say it in that moment? Right? I mean. If some difficulty comes before me, yes, unless it's like a tornado or an earthquake, it's often going to come and befall me uh, as it relates to someone else. Someone else is going to strike me, someone else is going to say something to me, someone else is going to cause something to happen to me. I should be focused on that particular individual or that object or whatever it may be. But the immediate reaction of the believer always turns back immediately, first and foremost, remember, hey, I am from Allah and, and and turning my attention back to Allah first and foremost. And then I can direct my attention to all those other things if they're necessary. So, he's just reminding here that appeal to no one but Him, i.e. Allah, to relieve you of a pressing need that He Himself has brought upon you. Allah has brought upon you. For how can someone else remove what He has imposed? If Allah Ta'ala destined for something to happen and someone else doesn't have any authority to do so, why am I thinking that someone else is going to be able to remove me from this situation? For how can someone else remove what He, Allah, has imposed? And how can he, who is unable to free himself of a pressing need, free anyone else of one? You know, how I uh, talked about this earlier, how handicapped are all of us in some capacity, and yet, um, you know, we think we're the ultimate, you know, helpers of society. And ultimately, the world runs by Allah's will. All help comes from Allah, uh, and all support comes from Allah, even if we may happen to play a little bit of a role in the process. The commentator extends this. O Traveler, O Sadiq. Now he's, again, the word that's being used to address us, and he's particularly addressing people who are seeking Allah Ta'ala. So the common folk, this may be a little bit difficult to internalize, but anyone who has a deep desire to impassion their heart with the love of Allah should really pay attention to this. He says, O Traveler, turn only to Allah Most High for the fulfillment of any need or for the removal of a calamity that He has imposed upon you. This is really difficult to do and I myself am, 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 uh, uh, often need to be reminded of this. We're in a stressful situation, and in the heat of the moment, our initial reaction is to react, and our initial response is to see, you know, what led, uh, what's the immediate um, uh, causer of this particular situation, and how am I immediately going to address this immediate cause? I get caught up in that particular moment. Um, but the seekers of Allah know that in that moment, I have, to I have to do my best to appreciate that whatever comes before me comes from Allah. And if anyone is going to get me out of this situation, it's going to be Allah. People may come in the way. Uh, sorry, people may come in, and Allah may send people to facilitate things for me, but this ultimately must come from Allah. And, and, and I'm saying this in particular when we're in, in, in times of stress. You know, there's a difficult exam, some difficult family situation arises, someone becomes ill, etc. These are the situations where we sometimes I just, just be like, hold on, let me just take a step back. How did I get here? How did we get here? Let me just remind myself, hold on, Allah's in charge of the world. Sometimes at a global level, something happens, it's major or catastrophic or whatnot. And again, we start to look at uh, all the different players that may have contributed to the situation. But if we just took a step back and looked at the big picture, put the globe kind of before us like this, and say, hold on a minute, where did this globe even come from? It came from Allah all of the thousands of years that have sustained this globe it was allah there were people that were alive thousands of years ago that were on this globe who was sustaining them who who were providing for them it was allah i mean if allah taala was responsible for everything that happened before the last 100 years why do we think that he's not playing a role in everything that's happening in the current 100 years right or you know if so anyways it's just sometimes it requires us to stop looking at the pixels and try to look at the big picture of a situation and the big picture will always turn us back to allah Every single, t- every single time. Every single time. The pixels, we may just see people, players, you know, things like that. But the big picture will always come back to Allah. So he says, O traveler, turn to Allah Most High for the fulfillment of any need or the removal of any calamity that He has imposed on you. Do not turn to anyone else. Who can fulfill the need or remove the calamity that Allah has imposed on you? Um, if, meaning, and then he says, Consider, if the rulers of the day... Was to ruler of the day was to afflict someone with a problem who from among his subjects would be able to remove it, right? I mean, let's say you're in a, involved in a court case, and uh, now you're before the judge, and you're either pleading not guilty or you're trying to get out of a very difficult sentence. Are you going to go to the security guard in the parking lot and say, "Hey, like, get me out of the situation"? You know, are you going to go to the clerk in the in the front desk and say, "I mean, you might say, hey." talk to the judge. You know, maybe you know him. You might make a phone call and say, but ultimately you know that the only salvation I'm getting out of this situation, the only leniency I may get from this is going to come from the judge himself who has full authority. Now, this, that's in matters of this world, right? You're not going to try to settle things with players that are far less, you know. So similarly, in matters of this world, we immediately go to the top first and recognize that if I'm ever going to get out of any situation or if I'm ever going to get some khair out of any situation, that's only going to come from Allah and Allah alone because Allah Ta'ala is fa'il haqiqi, the true doer of everything. And if he destines for something to happen, then no one can come in the way. We know this because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam highlighted this himself. When he said, and this is this powerful, we've heard this hadith, but now think about it in the context of what we're talking about. When the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that if uh, the entire ummah or the entire world were to gather together and try to bring some harm to you, But Allah Ta'ala were not to permit that harm to come before you, it would not be able to touch you in the slightest bit. The entire world were to come together and try to harm you. This hadith. And if the entire world, all of the minds, all of the resources, the trillions of dollars, if everyone collectively finally agreed on something, and that was to bring benefit to me, right, to Umar, to Abdullah, bring benefit to this person. And everybody put all their resources together and try to bring benefit to Abdullah. But Allah Ta'ala says, nope, not right now. Abdullah would have no chance. No chance. This isn't hadith. So um, to think that you know, somehow we're, uh, we're independent of Allah, either on an individual level or at a communal level, is just foolishness. We are 100% dependent on Allah for any khayr that comes our way, and that's it. So he says, um, Consider that if the ruler of the day was to afflict someone with a problem, Who from among his who from among his subjects would be able to remove it? The solution would be to plead with the ruler himself and try to convince him. (laughs) You know, you tell the judge, "I'm really sorry. Please get me out of this. Please don't sentence me. Please fix this for me. Whatever." You're going to go to the top authority. You're going to directly plead with that individual. The created person to whom so he's saying the created person, the person to whom you are turning, is himself overwhelmed with needs and problems. Meaning, if, okay, put, the, put the judgment aside for a moment. Turning to Allah we talked about. And he's saying here that many a times we turn to people. Like in the case of a sickness, we, are, you know, we think we're fully dependent on the shifa of a physician or a physician, a shifa of a doctor. Not recognizing that if that's going to come, it's going to come from Allah. Because he's mentioning here that even that person who's supposed to help you out of the situation, a doctor, a lawyer, uh, you know, whatever, whatever other public servant there may be, that, that person himself or herself, they themselves are afflicted with their own problems and they have their own needs. You know, you tell them, uh, I need you to stay up for 48 hours straight so that you can help me. And they're like, no way, I can, I can barely survive past 16 hours. Allah Ta'ala, لا تأخذوه سينة و نوم. He doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't need to rejuvenate himself to be able to support and help us. Right? You tell a, a, a surgeon, listen, I need you to stay on the operating table for, for uh, 72 hours straight to fix this very diseased patient. No way. It's not going to happen. You know, think about every other situation, right? Everybody is limited. They have their own limitations, and they themselves have their own desires and needs. Okay, well, how much are you going to pay me for this? Right? Well, it's going to cost you. You My consulting fees are $300 an hour. I can help you, but this is how much it costs. Because that person has their own needs, their own livelihood to attend to. Does Allah have livelihood that he needs to attend to? I mean, do we have to, when we need help from Allah, are we submitting some payment toward him, you know, in return for this consultation? or in, in so in, in uh, uh, for, you know to get whatever aid we may need Allah Taala's tre- his treasure is infinite his mercy is infinite he has no need whatsoever uh, this is all just the attributes of Allah and his mercy supersedes his wrath which human being can make that claim besides the prophet that i am more merciful and less reactive uh, uh sorry i'm more merciful than i than i than i expect uh, or i give more than i take so Um, he's saying, the created person to whom you are turning to himself is overwhelmed with needs and problems. He or she himself or herself, they themselves are struggling emotionally, psychologically, physically. They're not independent. So why would you go to some person who's dependent and think that this is going to be the source of my salvation and the source of help when we have a being who's fully independent, who is in full control, who has full authority and has the ability to get us out of any challenge we ever face in our life. If he had power, meaning a person that you were to turn to, he would have first. He first. <laughs> if he had power, he would firstly have relieved himself of his own problems. If people have authority, they themselves would pick themselves up. You know, it's 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 funny, but it's like, um, I I don't know. I mean, it, it's just, it's funny because sometimes we we think that people are are so perfect. There's imperfection across the board. Um. So if this person has some authority, yes, maybe Allah has blessed a person with a particular gift, maybe intellect that can help me, you know, through, or maybe it's uh, their hands, maybe it's through their efforts or their sincerity, whatever it may be. But they're also plagued with their own problems also, right? And so, uh, yeah, it's one thing. If they were completely independent, uh, fine, but they're not. And if they had power, they would first take care of themselves and their own problems before they try to help us. And and we can put ourselves in that situation. Um, Sometimes we think we're God's gift to humanity, because we have some authority. We have a respectful position at work. Uh, we live in a country and in a society where we have safety and security. We think we are going to save the world. Okay, maybe it's good to have... Uh, of course, we, ha- we have to make some effort toward the betterment of others. But to think that we are going to be able to do so without the support and the help of Allah and that we, in- we can independently operate and provide for others, it's not possible. Just look at our own lives. We, I tell- we struggle for Fajr. We struggle in our relationships in our homes. We struggle in maintaining ties with our family. We struggle in um, in our worship, in our interactions, in our finances. I mean, in, in, across the board, we're struggling. So we should remind ourselves that okay, I am nothing without Allah, but when I have Allah supporting me, and if Allah Taala is going to use me as a means to bring khayr to other people, then it becomes limitless. Then the sky is the limit of what I'm able to do, not because of me but because Allah Ta'ala is the force behind me and He's just using me as a mechanism to bring goodness and khair to the people around me in whatever way. If I think that my financial donation is, is carrying a long way because of all the hard work that I put in and this dollar, is going to, this dollar is going to go a really long way, we're not going anywhere. But if we know that, look, if Allah Ta'ala is going to use me and he's, as a means of financing those causes or people that need help and support this sing, this single dollar can go more than millions of dollars that a person can give with a poor intention thinking they are doing something for the sake of the world is that making sense okay um when a man is unable to resolve his own situation how can he resolve yours or put it on us when i'm unable to resolve my own situation how can i help you the only solution is to direct your need to your true master the only solution is to direct your need to your true master. Now, practically speaking, of course, this isn't going to obviate the need of seeking the means necessary to alleviate a situation. I say this because it's a disclaimer. Someone's going to misquote me and say this person saying that, you know, if we need to buy a car, we should sit and just make the and it'll fall from the sky. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but recognize that it's going to come from Allah ultimately. So the first place we turn is Allah. And any mechanism Allah wants to use to get us whatever we need to get, that's fine. That's up to him. It'll come in whatever way he decides. Um, but we have to put our attention toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, Okay, let's let's uh, do one more And then we'll break for the dhikr, inshallah um. Okay لَا تُطَالِبْ رَبَّكَ بِتَأَخْرِ مَطْلَبِكَ لَا تُطَالِبْ رَبَّكَ مَطْلَبِكَ وَلَكِنْ طَالِبْ نَفْسَكَ بِتَأَخْرْ أَدَبِكَ Very interesting. Do not press claims. This is still talking about supplication and calling on Allah. and uh, uh, There's an adab, right? We talked about adab uh, uh, you know, ad nauseum at this point. But adab is essential. He's saying, do not press claims against your Lord because your request has been delayed. Request meaning your dua, whatever you're requesting. Don't press claims against your Lord or seek for seek claims against your Lord because uh, your request has been delayed. Instead, press claims against yourself for the... Um, the translator uses slackening, but I think a, maybe a better translation would be uh, press claims against yourself for the delay of your behavior and of improving your own conduct in yourself. Okay, so l- let's just go through this um, and then maybe it'll make a little bit more sense. Um Let's start by the first part. If when supplicating to your Lord, if making dua to Allah for some worldly or otherworldly need, there is a delay in the response from him, then do not complain against him, against Allah by saying, quote, we supplicated but did not receive a response. Or, quote, why is it not quickly forthcoming? It's a common notion. We talked about this earlier, that we make a dua and we wonder why is Allah not listening to me? And sometimes uh, this happens at a communal level. We, the ummah of the Prophet Wasallam, are making dua for some particular need that we have as an ummah. And yet we're not seeing the results uh, before us. right? And so we begin to complain, not in, in, in a negative way, against Allah. We're pressing a claim against Him, saying, hey, the request was put in. It's been two weeks. What's going on? You know, I thought this was supposed to happen right away. So he's saying, um, he's saying, he's uh, saying, uh, this is against the etiquette and has also been prohibited in hadith. He says, "How do you know whether or not your supplication has been accepted? It's possible that it has indeed been accepted, but you are unaware, since it is not necessary for the acceptance of a supplication that you receive. That it is not necessary for the acceptance of a supplication that you receive exactly what you ask for, as has been discussed before." So this whole like Allah is not answering our du'as, but well, we don't know that. He may have already answered it. He, 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 may, he, he certainly heard it. Now the timing of how he's going to manifest his response, we don't know. Maybe he has. Maybe he says, okay, my ummah is suffering. You're all making du'a. I want to reward all of you in the hereafter. The dunya is useless anyway, don't worry. I've, I've heard the du'a and trust me. Trust me, this is going to work out. I don't. I mean, I'm just. I'm not. I'm not. You know, playing the role. Of course, you know, Allah Taala will decide what He decides. I'm just saying, we don't know. Or it could you say, I, I've heard it. I've heard it, and it's going to come. What you're looking for, what you need, it's going to come. Or I'm going to give you something better, right? We don't know. Um, we've already sort of discussed this, but he's mentioning. Uh, it is possible that it is not in your interest to receive it at this time, and you will receive it later. Besides, His transcendence is such that he cannot be questioned for his acts. This is from the Quran. Meaning, not only do we... uh, uh, Okay, this is a a much higher level of adab. It might be heavy for some people, but I'm just still going to share it. It's one thing to say that... Allah Ta'ala has heard it And He's going to give it back In some way Whether it be in the form Of reward later Or, or, or maybe a different situa- uh, Improved situation later Maybe in the form Of a benefit in the Akhirah, Maybe removing a calamity But ultimately Isn't that still a transaction? Am I still not expecting Something from Allah? Do I have a right To be able to do that? This is Allah And he can't be questioned. I mean, it's sufficient that he's given us the ability to raise our hands before him and make dua. That what he wants to do with that really is up to him anyway. And that's the sign of a true servant of Allah. That when we call upon Allah, we don't call upon him because we want something from him in return. We call upon him because he's Allah. We call upon him because he's Allah. And he's deserving of every possible praise that that can come from our tongue and from our heart. So even in that, there's a transaction. Even in expecting a delayed reward, is a transaction. Or even in expecting anything that comes, is a delayed transaction. But the true lover of Allah calls upon Allah because they love Allah, not because they want something from Allah. So he says, His transcendence is such. I mean, the maqab, the status of Allah is such that He can't be questioned for His acts. So he said, even you know. Um, uh, it's possible that it is not in your interest to receive it at this time and you will receive it later. But regardless, is what he's saying. Regardless, his transcendence is such that he cannot be questioned for his acts. And then he says, and this is the concluding, you know, therefore, do not complain nor rush him. Right? Sometimes it's in the form of dua, sometimes it's in the form of just impatience in general. We're expecting something, it hasn't come. I mean, again, I'm guilty of this myself. He's saying, do not rush him. Do not rush him nor weaken in your supplication since this is the role and responsibility of the supplicant and do not abandon the etiquette. The etiquette. Like, um, let me, because he, he says, recognize that I don't have control over what Allah does, nor is it, and it's against adab for me to challenge or question what Allah Ta'ala decides, but I do have control over my own conduct and my own behavior. So if I'm going to press claims against anything or anyone, it shouldn't be Allah, it should be against myself. You know, what's my relationship with Allah? What's my understanding of His greatness? How often am I turning to Him? Why is there a delay? I'm, I'm complaining about a delay in a response from Allah. Why is there such a delay in me finally becoming the servant that He wants me to become? Right? Why it, it's easy for me to point fingers elsewhere toward other people, and even in some cases, toward Allāh But when do I ever turn that finger toward myself and say, "Why is there such a delay in me finally turning back to Allāh the way I'm supposed to? Why is it that I'm now, you know, 30 years old and I still haven't been able to solidify my five daily prayers? Why is it that I'm 40 years old and I'm still struggling with opening the Qur'an? Why is it that I still can't control my tongue? Why is there such a delay in me?" exemplifying my conduct toward Allah and toward the people around me. I've lived so much in my life and I still can't turn myself around. And yet here I am thinking I have a right to press claims against any delay that supposedly is coming from Allah. So he's just, it's a perspective change. So I'll just repeat the translation. Do not press claims against your Lord because your request has been delayed. Instead, press claims against yourself because of this delay in your own behavior. So um, that's the, that's the, uh, um, the one that we'll, we'll, we'll conclude here, insha'Allah, um, and uh, we'll pick up from the, uh, fr- from the next gathering, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the dufiq to call upon him consistently. May Allah ta'ala allow us to um, always stay connected to him because this allows us to make dua to him. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, allow us to rectify ourselves and point fingers at ourselves before we look in other directions.